Let me tell you that our text this morning is Hebrews chapter 3. Our text is Hebrews chapter 3 with special focus on verses 12 through 14. And our sermon title will be, Don't Stop Believing, Jesus is Better. Notice again what was read. Verse 12 of Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3, 12. Take care, brothers lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For, Hebrews 3.14, For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we plead for you, for your help this morning, through the Holy Spirit, even as we read earlier in this same passage, that the Holy Spirit spoke back in the Old Testament, even as he spoke to the new covenant believers. Speak to us, Lord, through your word through your finished and through your perfect word. Help us today. Give us ears to hear. Most of all, as we always pray, we want to see and be reminded of the gospel. We want to see Jesus. Lord, help us here in Goldsboro. Help us at the Air Force Base for those who serve like the Farners. Lord, we pray for your blessing upon them and upon the family that you've given to them and indeed all who serve. Lord, may they be strengthened to be a true witness and testimony to you in a darker place. Lord, we pray, we're reminded also to pray for the leaders, our president, and in our country and in our state, as you tell us very clearly in 1 Timothy chapter 2, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. Lord, may they lead with righteousness. Lord, help us in these days of, of mass confusion on things like gender. Lord, turn us to you in repentance. Have mercy upon us. Lord, help us now as the people of God. Not to point fingers, but Lord, to examine our own lives. Help us to do that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, again, don't stop believing. Jesus is better, Hebrews chapter 3, with a special focus on verses 12 through 14. Really do need the Lord's help. This is a very important passage for us today. Woodrow Wilson said, I would rather fail in a cause that will someday triumph than triumph in a cause that will someday fail. Babe Ruth, it's been said, Babe Ruth struck out 1,330 times, so the encouragement is, keep on swinging. What is this about? This is about enduring to the end. Uh, never quitting. A teenager had decided to quit high school, saying he was just fed up with it all. His father was trying to convince him to stay with it, 
son, he said, you just can't quit. All the people who are remembered in history didn't quit. Abe Lincoln, he didn't quit. Thomas Edison, he didn't quit. Douglas MacArthur, he didn't quit. Elmo McCringle, who? The son burst in. Who's Elmo McCringle? See, the father replied, you don't remember him. He quit. Now look again. Look at the text. Look at verse 13. I'm telling you that these three verses are our key focus, although certainly in the context of of the whole of chapter 3 where there's 19 verses. But just look again at 3.13. The author to this largely Jewish congregation and to us today says, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Here's the potential problem this morning. Here's the potential problem. Sin is deceitful. There's no potential about that. That's the truth. Sin is deceitful. And we can be hardened by it. Our hearts can be calcified. Sin is deceitful and we can be hardened by it. We, we could turn away from the living God. We could. We could have a sinful, unbelieving heart. We, we may not hold firmly till the end. Did you see what it said there in verse 14? For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, verse 15, today, today, even today, Not if you just hear my voice. Today through the Scriptures, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. There is clearly an element of human responsibility here, dear friends. You, you here this morning are responsible that you would not harden your heart. Well, very broadly, I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 3, but I also want us to look at it in context, and let's just notice two main headings. And the second heading is going to be encourage one another as we zoom in on 12 through 14 and encourage one another. But the first heading is going to be that Jesus is greater than Moses, and this is beginning with verse 1 of chapter 3. We want to make sure that we understand the chapter so that we can really get 12 through 14. And so the first thing is that Jesus is greater than Moses. And we also want to see that this is not just something that is just theoretical, that this has a payoff, that this this matters. Before we look at verse 1 where he says, Therefore, holy brothers, notice again the context. We just notice the context for just a moment, and that's the last verse of chapter 2. Look there with me in your Bibles, or or at least listen carefully. And I want to encourage us again with this truth as we were noticing. As we were noticing and as he's still thinking about the humanity of Christ. What does he say in verse 18? For because he himself has suffered when tempted, 
He is able to help those who are being tempted. Would you just glance at that verse again? Hebrews 2.18. Look at it. Listen to this. Kent Hughes has said, He is able to help because he understands. A person who has always had a strong body and is physically fit has no conception of what it is like to be handicapped. A person who's always been just strong and physically fit just no idea of what it is to be handicapped. Those who are mentally quick find it difficult to understand and to empathize with those who find learning difficult. A person who has never grieved cannot fully identify with the grieving. One of the things that we see is that Jesus understands Again, verse 18, I just want us to notice the context. He himself has suffered when tempted, therefore he is able to help those who are being tempted. Remember that he is able to help you all the more because he never, ever, ever succumbed to sin. Not once. It's not that, oh, Jesus never sinned, therefore he actually can't identify with me. Please remember, we've talked about this before. Please remember, it's actually because he never sinned that he is able to help us tremendously. Uh, you might remember that I mentioned last week that uh, it is not human to sin. Sin is not intrinsic to human nature, as it's been said. It's okay if you don't remember that, but I said sin is not intrinsic to human nature because this is so important because Jesus was and is fully human and he never sinned. Therefore, we don't say sin belongs to human nature. Jesus is and was fully human and never sinned. I want to hit this for just one more minute. Stay with me on this context. Again, it has been said, Hugh said this, think of it this way. Which bridge has undergone the greatest stress? The one that collapses under its first load of traffic? Or the one that bears the same traffic morning and evening, year after year? Which bridge has undergone the greatest stress? And he compares it to the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has, in a sense, been trafficked over just day after day day and hour after hour versus the bridge that collapses as soon as the first little wee bit of traffic comes on it. No, because he has our captain. Our captain has withstood in the face of the fiercest gales. He has stood firm. He has not succumbed to sin. Therefore, what Hebrews 2.18 said to them is every bit as much true for us today. Dear friend, He is able to help you, my fellow believer. Jesus is greater than Moses. Look at verse 1 of chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to Him who appointed Him, just as Moses was also faithful in all God's house. I wonder if there's a word that's 
reoccurring that you notice here. For Jesus has been counted, 3-3, worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. Friends, Jesus is greater than Moses. And as I said, this is not merely theoretical. Because of verse 6, notice it again. We are his house. We are God's house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Jesus is greater than Moses. No, he's, he's far greater than Moses. Get this, Jesus is far greater than Moses, and Moses was great. Really simple, but we just need to make sure we get it. Jesus is far greater than Moses, and Moses was great. The little words matter. Moses was faithful as a servant. Jesus is faithful over all God's house as a son. Moses was faithful as a servant. He was also testifying, the text says, he was testifying to the things that would be spoken later. What was spoken later? The Word, Jesus Christ. So Moses was anticipating. Moses was expecting. Moses was looking forward to what would be spoken later. And the Word, as we have already seen from Hebrews 1, 1 through 1-4, the Word, final, is Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ. So we need to hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. So that's point number one. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than Moses. Number two, therefore, therefore, encourage one another in the church and say to each other, Jesus is better than Moses. Now, verses 12 through 14 are so practical and so important. Uh, they are, they represent one of five passages in Hebrews that are called the five warning passages. Now, you might, as we look, as we zoom in at 12 through 14, I know we're not even done 7 through 11 yet, but as we zoom in on 12 through 14, you might hear echoes of what we looked at in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Okay, so you might think about that. If you were here that Sunday, I'm just telling you 3, 12 through 14 goes with 2, 1 through 4. This is one of these warning passages in the book of Hebrews. There's five warning passages. Remember, Remember, boys and girls, why is it called Hebrews? Because these were Jewish believers. And if you read, by the way, chapter 10, verses 32 through 39, it seemed that they had been going through a severe test of persecution. Uh, their property had been stolen. They were Some of them were going to prison. 
They were going through a severe trial and they were tempted, listen, they were tempted to go back to Judaism, to leave Jesus. They were Christians, but they were Jewish believers in the Messiah and they were tempted to go back because of their trials to Judaism. But the message for them is the message for us. Don't stop believing. Stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. So in verses 7 through 11, which I'm actually going to address more later, not today, what's he doing is he's, he's quoting Psalm 95. He's quoting from Psalm 95. He says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says in verse 7, today if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness where your father put me, fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years, therefore I was provoked with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Hebrews 3, 7 through 11 is quoting Psalm 95. And here's what he's doing. Here's, if you want Hebrews 3, here it is. Hebrews 3 is that uh, verses 1 through 6 is Jesus is faithful. Verses 7 through 19 is Israel was unfaithful. Hebrews 3, 7 through 19, Israel was unfaithful. Don't follow their example. Do look to Jesus who was, who was and is faithful. Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. Don't follow the example of the Israelites the followers of Moses, listen to me, the followers of Moses rebelled against God. Their hearts were calcified and hard. But instead, you who follow Jesus, keep following. You've begun by grace and by the Spirit. Keep going by the Spirit and by grace. Dear friends at Crossway, we must be highly intentional together in our pursuit of Christ so that we don't die. Is that too stark of a statement there at the end? Listen. We must be highly intentional together in our pursuit of Christ so that we don't die under the wrath of God. We must encourage one another. We must encourage one another. And now let's land on verses 12 through 14. Let's land here in verses 12 through 14. Jesus is greater than Moses. Therefore, therefore, encourage one another to continue to not stop believing. If there is a conditional clause at the end of verse 6, and there is at the end of verse 6, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope, there is also a conditional in 12 through 14. Let me just point out various things from 12 through 14. Here's one believers must persevere to the end. And yet some of you have already laughed. It's a song. I, I think the guy who wrote the song, as the story goes, I think his father, 
he was down on his luck and his father said, son, don't ever stop believing. And so he wrote the song, Don't Stop Believing. And for whatever that's worth, the song title nicely captures what he's saying here. Believe and keep on believing. That's what he's saying in verses 12 through 14. What else is he saying? He's saying walk by faith. Listen, walk by faith. Recognize that unbelief is the key enemy. Unbelief is the key. Unbelief is a a root sin. It's a sin that gives birth to to various weeds. There's, There's different sins, but then there are root sins. And unbelief is one of those root sins. Look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Look at verse 12. And you'll see how this kind of brackets each other. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. You see that? In 12 and in 19, unbelieving heart. Unbelief is the greatest threat. Unbelief is a root sin. as we're walking through 12 through 14, we've noticed that believers must persevere to the end. We've noticed that unbelief is the key enemy. Notice that he says, take care, brothers. You see that in verse 12? Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Let me ask you this morning, how careful are you being about your walk with the Lord? I'm asking you. It says here, again, just notice the text, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Be honest. How are you doing with being careful, being careful with your relationship and your walk with the Lord? know what this text also tells us if I could use one example how are you doing Crossway Church member with being careful with Wilson Hines walk with the Lord how are you doing with being careful to just use an example how are you doing with being careful with Nikki Hines walk with the Lord what this passage is calling us in verses 12 through 14 take care brothers Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. So the individual Christian is to have concern for the church, and the church is to have concern for the individual member. The member is to be concerned for the church, and the church is to be concerned for the member, and it's not just the elders. No, isn't this passage plain? Do you see it? Do you see it here? It is every member ministry. As it says here, it's one of those one another verses. Listen up! Listen up! Verse 13, but exhort one another every day. Elders and deacons to members. No, that's not what it says. This is one of the things that we're to be about. We as a church are to be about the business of exhorting one another. How you doing? How you doing? 
encouragement. Every member of the church of Jesus Christ needs encouragement and is also called to give encouragement. Not just any type of encouragement, but encouragement that sometimes may cut and encouragement that sometimes may not cut. It may just be what we typically think of as encouragement, but the biblical idea of encouragement is robust. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5, encourage each other with what? With the return of Christ. We encourage one another with truth. That's why when I say that Jesus is greater than Moses, it's not just theoretical because the message of Hebrews is actually quite simple. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better than angels, than Moses, than Joshua, than the Mosaic law, than the priesthood, than the ancient sacrifices. Jesus sacrifices better. That's key. His sacrifice is better because it's perfect. He died for sinners. Jesus is better, but our potential problem, no, our problem is every single day as we live in this fallen world, listen to me, every single day, it's called the deceitfulness of sin. The deceitfulness of sin. Do you not know that you can be deceived and you can potentially fall away from the living God? That is evil. Jeremiah chapter 2. My people have forsaken the true and living God and they've they've hewn out cisterns of their own making. This evil, this evil to fall away from the living God. Hebrews 3, 12 through 14 is talking about the deceitfulness of sin. It's talking about falling away from the living God and it's addressing us. And again, I told you this sounds familiar to chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, because it is. Because we are not unlike them. We are not, listen to me, we are not unlike them as they were tempted to say, surely it's not right. Surely God doesn't want us to go through persecution and harm. Surely God doesn't want harm for our lives. Christianity is is new and it's not authorized. It's, It's not recognized officially. Judaism is. Maybe we can do both. You can't do both. You can't do both. You cannot serve God and money. You can't. You cannot love this world and love the Lord Jesus Christ can't do both. No, what he's saying here is he's saying be devoted to Jesus Christ and if you're devoted to Jesus Christ, you'll also it goes hand in hand, you'll be devoted to the church. Notice again, let's just look look carefully at the text. Here is the positive thrust. The positive thrust is verse 13. These three verses may seem heavy or negative, and they are heavy. And in a sense, they're negative, but it's all for the good of the church. Verse 13. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort. 
the what exhort who one another when verse 13 Sundays and Wednesday nights every day for how long as long as it is called today let me repeat that look at verse 13 what exhort who one another when every day how long as long as it is called today that's Psalm 95 we're going to be looking at that why 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 that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin because Jesus is better if I may be so bold how are you doing and maybe this is an easy one because maybe people pray for the pastor or the elders how are you doing with being careful about my Christian life and I certainly need to ask myself as a member first yes as an elder but as a member because we all need to ask ourselves how are you doing, Crossway member, with being careful with the Christian walk of Karen Portella? Just to use an example. How are you doing with being careful with your own Christian life? Are you being vigilant? This is, this is a positive thrust because here's the deal. Please listen to me. If the followers of Moses didn't get, didn't get to go into the physical promised land because of their hardness of heart, disobedience, and unbelief, then how much greater will the consequences be for us who say we believe? Listen to me, brother and sister. How much greater for those of us who say, oh, I'm a follower of Christ. The one who follows Jesus will persevere to the end. And if we do not persevere, but if we fall in hard-hearted disobedience and unbelief faithlessness how much it will not be it will not be like the followers of Moses who did not get to go into what we might call the physical promised land please please don't take my word for this please see it in the text it will be for new covenant professing believers for new covenant professing believers it will be that you will not inherit eternal life. Hear me today according to the Word of God. Take care. Take care. Have a care for yourself. Oh, have a care. And know that you belong to the church, to the blood-bought church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take care, brothers. Watch out. Watch out. Place a premium. Listen to me. Place a premium on the local church. Be devoted to the church. Place a premium on the local church because we are first of all devoted to Jesus Christ. Be devoted to Jesus Christ. To the one who is greater than Moses. By grace be devoted to Jesus Christ. He is a beautiful Lord. He is a worthy Lord. He's made it plain in the Gospels that He will not have half-hearted followers. He welcomes sinners this morning. He welcomes those of us who will continue to struggle with sin daily. And He has given us the means for our daily continuing struggle with sin. And it's called His body, the church. 
Don't be presumptuous about your standing in grace. Do seek full assurance. Do seek full assurance, but also take heed. Take heed. Don't be presumptuous. You've heard of Houdini. Everybody, I think, has heard of Houdini over a hundred years ago. He was this mag- magician in this newspaper. As I, as I read this in Guthrie, this newspaper challenged him to this highly ridiculous magical trick where he was handcuffed and it had like six different locks and it was just going to be absolutely ridiculous. If anybody could do it, maybe maybe Houdini could do it. And so what he would do as the story goes is he would go down into this box where people couldn't see him. He would go down in this box and he would come up and, and they would all cheer, but then they realized he hadn't done the trick yet. And he would go back behind the box where people couldn't see him and he would come up and they would cheer because they were so excited and they loved Houdini and they thought maybe he could do it but he still hadn't uncuffed himself. He still hadn't done the magic trick. And he went back behind the box again and he popped up and then finally he did it and he popped up and the newspaper people said, well, why did you keep popping up when you hadn't done the magic trick? And he said, I wanted to hear the encouragement of the crowd. I wanted to hear the encouragement of the crowd. Every member of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs encouragement. Nobody is exempt from the need for encouragement and exhortation. And every member of the church of Jesus Christ is called by this passage clearly to obey Jesus Christ and to encourage, exhort other members of the body. Do you you love Crossway Church? Well, depending on your degree of affection, I know many of you appreciate, and I and my family, we so appreciate this body. One of the things that we are clearly called to be doing as a church is exhorting one another. Exhorting one another. Every member in need of encouragement. Every member called to give encouragement. Verse 14. Verse 14 of Hebrews 3. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. We can't do this on our own. We can't do it apart from the grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, as it says there in verse 14, let me ask you if you've ever been born again. Grace is such such that it transforms a person's life. So have you ever had any true meaningful change in your life through the gospel of Jesus Christ? Through what we read at the end of chapter 2, through the fact that He suffered in our place, He died in our place, He, the sinless one, bore our sins, He, the one who did not deserve to die on the cross, we did, He bore the wrath of God, He propitiated the wrath of God. Have you ever been born again? Because it says... I'm getting this from the end of verse 14, 3.14, if we hold our original confidence firm to the end. And even though he's clearly addressing believers, have you ever had that original confidence? Which is to say, have you ever embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ in truth? In truth. Let me encourage you to read the gospels and read the gospel of John. Let me encourage you today, even now, to look to Christ. Call out to him, but this is primarily a call to believers. 
if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end, the deceitfulness of sin, the real potential of falling away from the living God, but the real remedy that God gives us in verse 13, exhort one another, do not harden your heart. I close with this. Do not harden your heart today. And look out for your brother who may be hardening his heart or her heart. In the new covenant, we are called to be our brother's keeper. Be your brother's keeper. Look to Christ who condescended. Look to the one who is greater than Moses. Don't be like the Israelites in their faithlessness. Keep on believing. Let's pray together. Father, these five warning passages in Hebrews are sober, but they are warnings for us to keep us on the way. And thank you for the great truth in the song that we sing. He will hold me fast. So Lord, let us be, let us fear. Help us by your grace to have every appropriate fear. As it says in Hebrews 4.1, but Lord, let us rejoice. Let us not live in a cowering fear, but give us full assurance. Give us joy in the Holy Spirit. Lead us on as a church. Lead us on, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.